Together we can love our bodies again Here on the grayscale Hello! Hi! I'm Chrissy. And I'm Sierra. And this is the Grayscale Podcast. Welcome back. Before we introduce our guests for this week, you just want to remind everyone to reach out to us with any questions, comments, concerns, etc. Or if you want to come on the show, let us know. We want to hear about your experiences. Yeah. So DM us on Instagram at the grayscale underscore body or email us at the grayscale.body at gmail.com. And don't forget to write those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Sorry for harassing you every week, but it would really help us out and we want everybody to hear about this. So yeah. And if you feel inspired and you want to share your thoughts, we'd love to read them. Okay. And without any further delay, we <laughs> are so excited to introduce our guest this week, Paula Robles Vasquez. Woo! Hello. <laughs> All right, Paula, so go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Paula. I'm originally from the Dominican Republic, but I've lived like most of my life between New York and Connecticut. I am a DACA recipient. I just like to say that because I feel like people don't get to say that they meet one. Um, and I'm an actor, but I also love fashion. So. Amazing. And we work with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, Amazing. So I think we'll just jump right into it here. Um, why don't we start with this first question? Um, is there a specific instance or instances that changed the way that you saw your body? And this can be positive or negative. I think I started theater super, super young, but I started in ballet and I, wow. Like, <laughs> I think all of my teachers were like, yeah, your body's just not gonna grow into what we want it to, even though your abilities are great. So like, we don't really feel like we should take your money. So they literally were just like, but we can put you in a different type of class. We have hip hop if you want to. And I think that's when I was like, okay, well, that's cute. And then the thigh gap culture came oh, wow. later. And I was like, guys, but I don't, I wasn't built like that. <laughs> like, I don't look like that. So I think that's like when I was like, okay, I look a little bit different than my peers and didn't make me feel great because the other was idolized, so. Yeah, I find that so, I mean, like I can't even imagine like how othering that must've felt like, I mean, I have talked about this in a couple episodes before is that like, I was afraid to be a, like to dance ever when I was working in theater. Like I was always just like, I started acting a little bit later, like seventh grade-ish and they mm -hmm. immediately were like, you'll just do the character acting stuff. No dancing, no solos, <laughs> like just. Or you're like the punchline and the funny one, like the best friend. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I signed up for, but okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> promise you I have more in me than than that You're but like, that's so funny like, like really multifaceted but um that's wild like all this body has a lot of talent like thank you yeah I definitely had like similar experiences growing up dancing too but less so because like my dance teachers ever said anything to me and it was more that like I was just very aware that I did not look like all of the other teeny tiny little girls 
And I think that like the thing about dance that's so hard is that it's all about comparing your body to, to other people's because they're like a quote unquote correct form. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so part of dancing is like trying to correct your form, um, a huge part of it. And I think it's really, it, it's, it's already by nature so about comparison that I can't imagine how frustrating it is to like have a, an adult comment on your body on top of that, because I think that it's already so troubling. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was definitely a kid that was like, mom, she said this and I don't feel comfortable with it. Like I was very, I've never not been vocal, but then she was just like, well, I just said it for her safety because like, once she like does more point, like it's really going to hurt her body because her body's just not built. And it was just like things that didn't necessarily make sense. But because I'm younger, I was like, okay. Yeah. Cute. That shit pisses me off so much. Oh yeah. Like fuck that. Because that's, it literally has nothing to do with, with body shape, body weight. It has nothing to do with it. It's all technique. And if you're learning the technique properly, you won't get hurt. Right. Like one, and it's also like doing it correctly for your own body, which is not always going to look like it looks on other bodies. And mm -hmm. I think that specifically with ballet, there's such a culture of like, people only want to see skinny bodies dance. And I just think that's such a load of bullshit because <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not true, first of all. And second of all, seeing a curvaceous person or a fat person dance is just as amazing and emotional and expressive and exciting as experiencing a skinny person dance you know if you've ever seen that you know exactly what I mean it's like yeah. you know it's I I think that there's so much room for change in the dance culture well and in the theater culture in general like I think people are more willing to see someone of our sizes emote like they're happy to see us emote which is why it's like slightly more acceptable within acting but when they want to, like it's just like the idea of seeing our bodies move and I'm just like I don't know why that makes you uncomfortable because you're also not sexualizing me which you absolutely could but you're not like you're like for some reason uncomfortable with my size when I'm not like yeah. that's the issue absolutely well, that's fat phobia everybody <laughs> like ugh. Right. Well, moving right along. Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand is, do you remember any specific language used around you about weight or size, gain, loss, or maybe even around other people around you? I think I was always, I, I grew up with like the internet culture and things like that. And the word thick was always used around me. Like I was never really called fat. Um, I started to gain more weight within college. And I think that's when that word came around slightly more of like, I was in that category. No one would say it to my face, but I also just don't think I have the energy for anyone to like come at me. But um, it was a lot of like, you're thick with six C's. You're thick with this, you're thick with that. And I'm just like, I'm just human. I'm yeah. like, I'm not like you're skinny with seven Y's. Like that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, Cool. <laughs> I got a t-shirt. More of that. Like, yeah. It just seems wild to me. Like it's the opposite. Just never like imagine me saying what you say to me 
to you and trying to make it funny. Right. It's not. I remember the first time somebody ever called me thick and it was like in a sexual situation, which was really interesting for me. And it wasn't exactly negative. Like it, I mean, well, it wasn't negative. Like the, this person was meant it as a compliment. And he literally said to me, like, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. And, and I didn't, I mean, well, the wrong way, quote unquote, like what even is yeah. Like I'm going to react however I damn well. Please, thank you very much, kind stranger that I'm sleeping with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I, I just, it, it always really stuck in my brain because I remember like in the moment being like, nobody ever called me that before. Like, this is like a new describing word. And like, I think there's a lot that can be really positive about that word but it's also like you need to claim it for yourself you can't like i don't like when people impose an adjective on you i think that that's part of the problem with language in our culture that we experience in this context where it's like i would like to claim my own adjectives thank you very much you know like Like in the beginning it sometimes felt like they just wanted to call me fat but didn't want to use that word So it was just kind of like right now, like I'll call myself thick, but I wanted to call myself that. And I understand like you come, like, let me call myself that. But yeah, I think thick is the, um, it's, it's, you know, a synonym for fat in some way, but it doesn't have all the, the quote unquote weight attached to it <laughs> because fun. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> rightfully so reclaiming the word fat there we're we're trying to destigmatize the word fat but thick kind of already didn't have anything attached to it so it was a way for people to describe people without feeling like they were make them feel a certain way Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and I do think that there's um there is a lot more of a positive connotation to the word just in the way that it's been, you know, been adopted by society, which I think is cool. And I do think that it's cool that we're able to use that word in celebration of, you know, bigger bodied people. Um, But I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's like something we have to be very careful with. Yeah. You just have to be ready to hear that word. And not everyone's just there. Like it's because it's a positive doesn't mean everyone wants to hear it. Like, yeah, for example, I, I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but I've talked about it on my personal social media, how a lot of times, whether it's uh, obviously not now, but previously in bars, um, people would like hit on me and being like, well, I really love a thick girl. And I didn't like this, like, because to me, that sounded fetishized. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah which I have no problem with the way I look. I like the way I look. I know that I am thick, but it's the way that this man said it to me mm. that just made it feel gross. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to hear that from you and the way that you're saying it. Yeah. Like, why can't you just say I'm really attracted to you? Yeah. Why are like you- simple. <laughs> like you do not have to categorize me. It's totally fine. Like also, you you're not to- shopping around. Yeah, <laughs> like, you don't have to justify why you're attracted yeah. to me. That, I think that was the thing is like, yeah. and, and I've said this before, like I, I kind of live in a state of like, this is just what my body is like a little bit more of a body neutral. Right. Um, a lot of the time. And obviously I embrace it and I love it, but like 
it's one of those things where like, ah, yes, I now know that you're noticing my body. Yeah. And maybe, and I think at that time I was coming home from like a dinner. I was a little drunk. I was like, "Mm, (laughs) you to look at me like this. Right now. It just like immediately makes you self-conscious. It's like, like, oh, oh you, you are seeing my body as like, and putting it in a box. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're, you're not actually seeing anything about me. It's, it's just yet another way to make women feel one-dimensional. It's like, it also makes it seem like that's the only reason why you approached me. Yes. Yes. Like I have no other qualities. <laughs> like nothing what? else you could have like I don't know yeah exactly like you could have honestly if you're gonna go that route just say that like wow you're hot like yeah that's not hard they've been doing it since the dawn of time I just don't <laughs> like I, like I guess I just want to be wooed well and it's also it also kind of implies too that like you you can't like because society doesn't consider you to be quote-unquote hot they have to justify why they're attracted to yes you. And it's, I think that's why it's problematic. It's like, you you don't need to tell me about my own body, actually. Listen, I know why you think I'm attractive. It's not a secret. Right. Like, I, I, I have boobs. I have ass. What more could you possibly want? Like, I'm attractive. Full stop. Like, that's it. <laughs> yes. 100. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some of the family drama here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have rules that your parents enforced about food or eating as a kid? Like I definitely grew up one foot in the U.S. and then one foot in DR. So I grew up eating what we felt was normal. So in my family, like we ate rice, beans, chicken, like every every night, if not every other night with like empanadas, like la tres tripletas. Like we would wake up in the morning with like a full meal that was not normal (laughs) for like some of the people here because then I'd be like no yeah like mashed plantains with eggs bacon like the whole shabam was our morning meal but for some reason everyone would be like but isn't that greasy isn't that like it was normal for me and then I felt even more ostracized in the U.S. by like our eating patterns which is what's crazy which I think only amplified my size because I felt like people were then like justifying well that's why she's thick because like her family feeds her this like no (laughs) I'm just thick yeah well I think that there's also just like such an assumption that like you your body looks a certain way because of all of the like factors that are controllable like there's no we need to work on that. <laughs> like there's, there's no consideration of like genetics and your like heritage. And there's no conversation about like that your body could just naturally live at a larger size than, you know, the person next to you. Right. And yeah. it's like, I just don't understand. But also that, that's cultural. Like you, as you said, like, that's how you, you ate growing up partially because you're from DR. So like, I think that the fact that, you know, there's nothing, there's no right or wrong about that. Mm -hmm. That's just, it is that way. And to assume that people, you know, oh, well you, that's why 
you look that way or whatever. Like, well, that's saying, okay, well, I come from an entire community and culture of people that also, you know, eat this way. Like, well, and this what is are why, you trying to say? This about, is why like, we talk all the time about like how, you know, fat phobia is inherently racist because yeah. it is like, like the, it, it, I mean, we just painted that picture right there. Yeah. Like that's what it is. And it's, and it's, frankly, we should all be eating a breakfast like that. Damn. Like that's what no, I, it was nice to grow up like that. And I feel like my parents eventually started to like, oh, then we shouldn't eat that because like so many outside sources. And then that's when it became more toxic to be my size in my family. I love my, my family. Like I love them to death. Like they're my entire world, but the amount of times that I now get asked, like, but like, like salads this week. Right. And I'm just like, I know that everyone talks to you about my size and I'm a carbon copy of my mother, but like, we are the exact same size, the exact same height. We look exactly the same. She just doesn't have hair and eyebrows. And I do, cause I got it from my dad. Like <laughs> that's the only difference, <laughs> but I feel like so many people talk to them about how my sister's 5'8 and like super skinny and beautiful and that's completely fine. I look nothing like her size-wise, but people complain so much to my parents of like, well, isn't Paola getting like a little bit bigger? Isn't Paola this? Isn't Paola that? And I feel like it's assimilating to try to not get criticized for their parenting. Like- It's disgusting, if I'm being honest. If I'm being candid, it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Because I think they never grew up thinking that. They never grew up differently because they never grew up in the United States. They came here with us when we were smaller. And until now, more into my adulthood, because they also know that I'm going to get criticized by millions of people. I think they get scared that they're also going to be judged as if it's their fault that I'm this size. Like, as if, like, I don't know. It's weird to like wrap my own head around their guilt over me being my size when I'm happy. <laughs> like I'm not sad about it. Yeah. Well, and especially like when that was not their original frame of mind, yeah. like when, when you were really young. So to then like move to a different country and then have that shift in mindset, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is, very much assimilating into the American culture. And it's like something that they probably would have been better off not <laughs> adopting, you know, because of all things. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things to like latch onto, but it's also, I understand why, because it's impossible not to, it's so embedded in the culture in this country. Yeah. And it's, so, it's like everywhere you go, right and left, people are like, oh, I'm on this diet and blah, 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 and I lost 10 pounds and, or like, or, oh, I feel fat today. And I gained all this weight because of the holidays. And I just, I'm like so tired of it. It's tired. For some reason, no one talks about like, oh, they're an immigrant family that isn't making enough money. And the only accessible food is the quick fast food that they can get. Like, that's not a conversation to be had. The fact that it's completely rooted with how much financially you can afford because vegan life, the, the vegetarian life, all of them that are like plant-based and that it's expensive. So expensive. Oh, yeah. Health, eating, eating healthy, quote unquote, is a fucking privilege. Yeah. And that is something that I really wish white people would wrap their heads around because it's like we, we don't seem to get that. 
It's like, no, 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 not everybody can just afford to eat hundred percent organic and like buy food from whole foods or, or even just produce in general. If you're buying produce and like eating it regularly as you're supposed to, if you're on a quote unquote healthy diet, you're buying groceries once a week and you're buying a lot, at least, at least once a week. And yeah. And that's all. And I, I mean, I'm thinking about myself when I went, I was vegan for a little while and I was spending like $60 a week. And that was just for me. Yeah. Um, imagine having to feed a family and trying to eat that way. Like, absolutely not. Not just feed a family, but like not everyone gets home at a nine to five or whatever time period that food goes bad. Like I can't control the fact that my, my lettuce is wilted. Like that stuff is like uncontrollable. So why am I going to invest all of my money in fresh produce when I know that, Hey, I work three jobs to, to buy this food and it's gone bad already. Cause I didn't even have the time to cook it. That's me. Right. And it's like, if you're going to have a vegetable, buy it frozen so you can stick it in your freezer and then have it when you can actually. Mm-hmm. Buy it. Yeah. That's a really great point. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because we haven't really talked about this yet, but I think it's so important. And I think it's, it's, it's a conversation that people are not having enough, or at least white people are not having enough. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'll say it. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, I know I don't eat the health quote unquote healthiest diet because I also work two jobs in one of those is a full-time job. Yeah. And I, you know, I have said many times, I am still working on making sure that I eat multiple meals a day. I'm someone who like will save all, like not save my meals because it's not purposeful, but I tend to eat mostly a dinner when I get home from I'm work. the same way. And exactly like I'll buy a bag of spinach with full intention of getting through it but I actually don't get through it because who can eat that much spinach if you're only eating one meal a day that I'm throwing it out. I'm wasting. I try to be aware of my waste as well. So I'm like, okay, what's the trade-off? And then, you know, what's easier? A bowl of pasta. That doesn't go bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so much, it's quicker too. Like okay, I might say that I want to make a frittata. I'm not making a frittata. I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm really not. <laughs> I promise you, like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to buy all of the ingredients and I'm not going to use it. And then I wasted money that I don't have. I also like, I used to do this thing in college too, where like, when I really didn't have a lot of money because I wasn't, I couldn't work full-time because I was a full-time student, which is a whole other conversation. But I, you know, I would not spend money on food um, because I didn't have any. <laughs> and then I would I would almost like use that as fuel for a disordered eating habit. And I feel like that happens a lot, um, especially when you're getting all this pressure from society to, you know, look a certain way. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't have any money and I can't afford to eat healthy. So maybe I just won't eat. Yeah. And I feel like that happens a lot too. And, and I think that, I mean, there's just so much wrapped up in food, obviously. I think we're, we're uncovering that one episode at a time here, but you know, it's hard. Cause like you just ignore, you ignore your own hunger when the other things that you're ignoring it for are out of your control. Mm-hmm. Like 
I know I have to work three jobs to pay my rent, but like, there's no reason why I live in an apartment. I live and I'm happy and I'm not making myself a meal that also makes me happy. Yeah. Or buying it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 I think there's, there's also this whole added layer as someone who went to the same college that you currently attend, like there's a whole culture within the theater culture of that college about certain professors saying shit about food and dieting. And while I wasn't a performer, I was friends with all performers. And so I heard it and I was going through it and I would internalize that. Right. I mean, I had, there was a professor who literally like wouldn't learn my name and I had worked with her like twice on various projects. And I was like, wonder why she won't learn my name. And then she'll just call me the, the helper. Yeah. When I was fully production stage manager of three products that she was working <laughs> Jesus on. Christ. But whatever, that'll go to the grave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like yeah. you're not allowed to have a security complex because of my son. That's annoying. <laughs> like, that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Well, actually, considering the person that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one it is, which is what's bad. Oh. <laughs> I'll say this person is also a larger bodied person. And so for, for that to, I mean, it just, it just goes to show, you know, that there's some projecting going on clearly. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll just say the keyword for all the Mary Mounters out there. A breeze. if you know you know (laughs) all right let's keep going here I think it's your turn all right um is there a part of your body that you notice the most or a part of other people's bodies that you notice the most I think my I'm super insecure about my arms like super insecure about my arms and I wish like I don't know. I think it also affects like what I wear and why I like love the trend of like the more like puffy cottage core sleeves now because I can like actually fit into them and make myself like happy. But I notice everyone's arms, which sucks because I'm also judging everyone else's arms that are smaller than mine because I'm mad. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> mad. <laughs> just, like it's really nothing against you. I think they're beautiful, but in my head, I'm just like, little bitch, I can't stand your ass because I want your arms because I have um, hyperpigmentation and darker stretch marks along my arms. And like, there's really no combating it now. Like there, I'm not getting rid of it. Like all those oils that people say, to, it's not, it's not gonna work. So I think that is like a huge insecurity of mine. So I cover them today at our place of work. I wore a sleeveless top and I was freaking out the entire shift because I was just like, everything's fine. I'm like, I'm, I'm totally fine. Like no one's paying attention to my arms. I left there and I put a coat on. We all know how hot it was today. Yeah. I shouldn't have put a coat on, <laughs> but I was just, I felt out. I left there and I was just like, oh. Like that was not a good idea. I was trying to step out and like venture out, but it just didn't feel good because I can't unsee them. Right. 100%. I also notice people's arms because it's it's currently the part of my body that I'm least 
secure with. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's crazy because I never even thought of your arms as being a, something you could be self, uh, self-conscious about until I heard a former roommate of mine insult someone else's arms. And then I was like, wait a minute. Our jaws are on the floor. <laughs> <I don't>, how <laughs> could arms be something you should be ashamed of? And then there goes an insecurity yeah. surfacing. And cause I, I have a lot of like I have big arms. I like to call them strong arms as a way to yes, make myself feel good about them. Um, but when, when I'm in bridal appointments and like people like comment on their arms, I just want to be like, shut the fuck up. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, can so fit in the sleeve. you can fit in the sleeve and that's when you know you're fine. Right. Like I, it's frustrating, like getting returns and they're just like, well, it's just because you guys don't carry an extra, extra, extra small. And that's just like, not okay. Like, why don't you guys carry it for? And I'm just like, they also don't carry a one X that I wish I fit into. So let's like calm down the energy. Cause I can't control it. And it doesn't make me happy either. Yeah. Like it's not something that I'm excited about when I get to work and we try to do fit sessions and I don't fit into any of the clothes. So I leave. 100%. Mm. That's a huge mood. Mm-hmm. Especially like you can cut that out if you want to. That's up to you. Yeah, no, we love it. (laughs) I mean, it's like the reason that I love to ask this question so much is because I think that we tend to notice in other people what we are most insecure about in ourselves. Um, And for me, I always notice um, tummies and thighs. Those are like the things that I always notice. I also notice people's eyebrows, but that's because I've been tweezing my eyebrows since I was like 12 years old. And I just like <laughs> think that are really interesting. And so I always notice that too, but that's like a weird thing about me. Anyway, I, I think that it's really, it's kind of a cool little challenge to give yourself to think about this question in daily life, because I think once you can identify it, you start to notice that you're doing it. And then you're able to be like, okay, well, like, where is this coming from? Like, why am I feeling this way? And then I also think if you're able to target, you know, things that you're insecure about in your own body, obviously not right away, but I think that it, it's a little easier to start to find ways to love those specific areas, as opposed to just kind of trying to love your body, because sometimes that's really overwhelming. And when you're dealing with all of the other shit (laughs) that comes Mm -hmm. with this fat phobic society that we live in I think that sometimes it's really helpful just to focus on one thing at a time and that's been helpful for me and and you know I mean I think I I have like some moments with my arms too especially in certain cuts but I think yeah I mean I think it's just like it's such a well now I'm rambling but (laughs) (laughs) no I get it like I I try to tell myself that like I'm the only one noticing it, but it just seems so large to me. Like it just seems like the biggest, I don't know. Like I'm sure no one at work was like, her arms are out. Like I don't think anyone left there or has left seeing me. And that's the one thing that they noticed about me. But it's the one thing that I notice when I put my clothes on, when I'm in the shower, when like even when I'm in bed, when I'm on my side and things like that, it's the first thing that comes to my head along with many others but like it's always like the first thing because I'm just like oh if I could change one 
Like I have so many others, but if I could just change one and I know I can't, so that's a battle on my own, but. Um, when I take, um, like my coach will take videos of me when I'm skating, um, when I'm figure skating. And I, I think my arms, it, it, one of the reasons why I stopped performing is because I was so insecure about my arms. And when I would sing or when I would act, I was afraid to, to move them for fear of like a jiggle or a movement that would bring attention mm. to them. Um, and I, it only has resurfaced recently when I started skating and my coach will take videos and I'll see my arms and I'm like, just like, don't want to see them. And it's, and it's really difficult. Exactly. Cause there's like really not much I can do about it. And this is like very personal, but um, I think I've come very far with my body positive journey. I'm really like, there's most days I don't have an issue actively. Like I don't always think about it, but this past fall, I was like ready to drop my entire savings on getting like arm lipo. I like literally had a down payment in. Um, I had told my boss, I was like, I'm going to have to be off for recovery. Oh, yeah, consultation. I had a consultation. I paid for a down, I had a down payment down and I had to pay the rest. And I woke up from a nap being like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but yeah. it, it was like, and I think a lot of it was because of quarantine. Most of the time I was, I, a lot of my body positivity came from being busy. It's like, I didn't have time to focus on how I didn't like my body and that all ultimately helped me love it is I'm like this is this gets me through the day yeah but because with quarantine I had nothing to do and I was with, living with my parents which is a trigger in itself in my hometown with a trigger of, in itself mm-hmm. looking in mirrors which yeah. is a trigger in itself and I was like I just don't like how this looks and I this is the only way I can fix it because I've tried all of the other things for years yeah. And nothing happened. And I'm very thankful. I did not go through with that surgery. I'm very pro of cosmetic surgery. If you're into it, go for it. I'm glad that I didn't do it. I think that would have been very financially foolish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, that I, I couldn't agree more with it. Cause it's like, exactly. I know that other people probably don't look at me and think about them but it's all that I think about when I look in photos and when I get photos taken yeah and when I look at videos of myself and I don't sing anymore but when I was singing I was everything was closed to my chest and I wouldn't move them farther than in front of me it would never go out to the side well and I think one of the reasons that um we're we're like more aware of our arms, especially now, because I do think that there was a little bit of a shift mm-hmm. um, because I think that suddenly at some point in the last 10 years, there was suddenly like a focus on arms. Maybe Michelle, Michelle Obama. Obama arms. <laughs> Michelle Obama has <laughs> in the goddamn world. Well, but it was like, it became fashionable to not just be skinny, but also be really toned. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think like that now there's like such a focus on like, Ooh, a toned arm and look at how good that looks. And, you know, like, I I mean, I think it's really important that we're having this conversation though, because I think that it's, it's really okay to have parts of your body that you're not in love with yet, or, you know, maybe parts of your body that you don't fall in love with and, and that's okay. And like, I think one of the reasons that I, 
you know, that body positivity is so important to me is because it's not like a, you know, you're not cured <laughs> by, yeah. by, by embracing this movement. You're not cured. You're, you're validating the experiences of, you know, other, well, really fat black women who have started this movement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're, you're acknowledging their experiences and also saying like, I'm choosing to actively make an effort to stray from the societal norm, but I'm not a perfect person. And there are going to be days that are bad. And there are going to be times that I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. And that's okay. That's part of it, you know? And it's hard. Cause like, I completely understand what you mean when it comes to your figure skating. Cause when I was doing self-tapes during quarantine and the fact that it's like self-tapes as the thing now, what are you supposed to focus on? Yourself. That's all that's in the, like, that's all that's in the tape. So how many times can I, I remember literally putting blankets all over all of my mirrors in my apartment in like mid-June. And I was like, if I look at myself one more time, it's over for you bitches because I'm going to go on a rampage on my social media and it's not going to be healthy for anybody involved. But also, Chrissy, I saw your figure skating video on your Instagram and you look great. It's true. You do. Thank you. And also to that note, I guarantee you that everybody saw you at work today and was like, oh, she turned out another look. I mean, it is true. Stop. Because I never know, like, uh, I had this conversation with one of our other coworkers, and I don't know why it's so hard for me to stomach when you guys are complimenting me. I'm always like, I need to run, I need to go. Cause I don't know, maybe it's just cause I'm not used to it, but I'm always like, okay, thank you guys, gotta go. Anyway. You do that, you yeah. do do that. You're like, mm -hmm. I have to go work. <laughs> I'm like, uh, is genuine and I, I, and I, as someone who is only recently like learning how to dress themselves, I've never seen someone dress themselves so impeccably well. And I know that's like gross, but it's true. Well, and it, just, it like, and I, I know that you're going to talk about this in a, in a couple minutes, but like <laughs> it, it appears very effortless. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's so cool about it. Is, <laughs> and it's that, you know, it, I think it's also really cool to see somebody that is curvaceous, that is pulling stuff that is like very on trend and like rocking the shit out of it. <laughs> like that to me is always really exciting because there's always things that I feel like I see in, you know, mainstream uh, media. And this is perfect because this is our next question, mm -hmm. but like, you know, things that are, that are mainstream style wise um, that change yearly, <laughs> but um, you know, things that come into fashion that I just feel like, oh, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. That's not made for me. That's not meant for me. I am not even going to bother because it's not going to look good on me. And what I've been discovering recently is that when I try things on, things actually um, do look good on me. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I think it's really cool to see another, you know, mid-sized human being dressing in a way that's very on trend, but like, in a larger body. And I think I like wish we could see more of that on social media and on mainstream media and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, because I think- Or even when you're adding the clothing item to your cart, yeah. you could slide through the photos and one of them look like you. 
it would be fantastic. And it would encourage everyone to buy things because I don't think there is anything that no one can wear. Yeah. If it's, if, unless it's culturally inappropriate, like that is my extent. Amen. That's the asterisk. So now now that we're talking about this, um, was there ever a clothing style or trend that you felt like you couldn't participate in because of insecurities about your body? If I'm being completely honest, no. Like, I don't think (laughs) I've ever encountered something on like, I'm a huge fan of Pinterest. Like I've never encountered looking through it and not being like, I could either make it if it's not available in my size, because I did do a double concentration in costume because of that. Mm-hmm. But if I can't make it, I will find it. I will thrift it. And I will make it look good. I'm obsessed with you. Oh my God. Like, I just never have, like, even, there are styles that I don't like, well, for that- sure. But even the ones I don't like, I don't think I could not wear and pull off. Because I like, I will put it together in a way that I will feel comfortable in it. Because I have to if you want me to leave the house. Right. That's <laughs> content, though. I mean, like, that's that's a huge part of it because you don't want to be, like, it, it goes hand in hand. It's like you don't want to be squeezing yourself into things that make you feel uncomfortable because that's not going to make you feel confident. No. So, but I love that. I think that's an incredible answer. And I want to be more like you. <laughs> <laughs> I think people want us to say, like, and we're insecure about it, but we make it work. It's, no, I, like, I will find it. <laughs> like, I can find it. Will the price point be where I want it to be? No. And I think that's a bigger problem. Mm. Like the corset trend, why are the larger corsets so much more expensive? Like I can't afford it, but I would look good in it just like everyone else. <laughs> like, I just can't afford it. Like, that's another conversation for sure. But no, I love the way, I do love the way that I dress. I stress about it a lot before I go to work, before I go anywhere. But that's just because I'm working towards making myself feel comfortable, not making the clothes feel comfortable. They don't have any feelings. Like, yeah. <laughs> <about me. laughs> like, yeah, I love that. I, I find that so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and this is, obviously no secret but like there's so many people out there that are like oh well I can't wear crop tops I can't wear jean shorts I can't wear swimsuits and it's like it's just so fucking amazing to be like for for someone is well dressed and just polished as you are to be like no I could do it whatever who cares yeah I might and I'd like that you were honest like that I might not like it but I can wear it like yeah like I don't like shorts don't like them never have don't love that my thighs rub together but guess what there's Vaseline and I'm sure there's a short that I could like (laughs) it's really not that big a problem (laughs) I'm sure I can make it work but I feel like people just have to get there I don't think I've ever had an issue with I've had an issue with my style for sure I've had an evolution (laughs) but (laughs) I don't think I've ever had an issue with like wanting to like look good in clothes if that makes any sense yeah well it seems like you really emphasize dressing yourself to feel your best as opposed to dressing yourself to look a certain way yeah and I don't mean that in a negative way like I mean that in an extremely positive way I think that that we should all be doing that (laughs) um because I think that you should wear whatever makes you feel the best about yourself whether it's you know 
comfort wise or on how you look and but or, or both you know like I just think that I think clothing is such an incredible way of expressing ourselves and I think that I think you're right I think that you know it doesn't matter what size you are you can wear whatever the fuck you want and I think that people I I really like that there is more of a a shift in mainstream media now where it's like there's a trend towards that of like, no, I'm going to put this on my larger body and you're going to like it. <laughs> and that's and it. Even if you don't, who said I care? Like, <laughs> it came out of my bank account, not yours. So yeah. why are you so upset? Like, that's what I'll never understand. I bought it. Yeah. Me, consciously, sometimes drunk, but that's another. Like, <laughs> that often clothes can help you feel better about yourself like with sleeves like wearing sleeves if you don't like your arms wearing sleeves make you like feel better like wear all the fucking sleeves weirdly enough I love my shoulders I don't like my arms but I will wear a sleeveless because I love my shoulders I love my shoulders I love my shoulders and I think like I will even today like I love the pattern that was on my shirt Mm-hmm. It was sleeveless, so I felt uncomfortable, but I kept reminding of myself, oh, I love the color combination that I did today. So I'm leaving in it. That's what I'm wearing. <laughs> like, if I can pick out one good thing of, like, what I liked about the outfit that I put together, I'm willing to leave the house in it. I love that. Love that. Um, so we'll dive into this a little bit more um, with how do you use clothes to express yourself? So I did mention, but like, I use clothes to make myself feel feminine. I think there's this idea, especially when you're curvaceous in like your boobs and your butt, which I heavily am. I think there's this idea of like, I feel sexy. Like, I feel like, wow, I'm like this, but that's not the case at all because I am a black woman. I grew up with everyone being like, oh, you're so strong, you're so this, but also you have an attitude, you have this. Those combat me daily. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's probably like one issue that I have when it comes to, it probably like makes it sound like I'm pleasing someone else when I'm dressing myself, but it's to remind myself that I feel feminine and I am a woman. This body does what every other body does, no matter what color it, like, no matter the color that it is, there is no reason why with our past presidency issues, there's no reason why you were comparing two women against each other that literally had nothing to do. Like, there's no reason why you were comparing, oh, Michelle, stop it. Like, there's absolutely no reason, no, because she's a strong black woman. She's also a beautiful, feminine, caring, nurturing mother. Why aren't those the adjectives that are being used daily? Why do I always have to be categorized as strong? Do I have to deal with on the daily more than other people? Yeah, that doesn't mean I don't have lingerie and cute bralettes like the other. Like, yeah. I just don't, it's, it's, it's infuriating if I'm being honest. I deal with it at work. I had someone once um, last week, they were like, oh, but your hair can't be real, right? Like, it's not, ask me that and then, proceeded to tell me I love how you wear like the pants that go like this because like I can see how you're and she just started like explaining how how curvaceous my body was while 
also telling me how like I was built like a man to put it in short oh my god like I'm, I'm like so livid right now <laughs> just... I like I try I only told one of the managers like half of what happened because I was like if I explained any more of this I'm gonna cry and I'm not letting you guys see me cry sorry <laughs> but I'm gonna cry and I'm just gonna like completely break down but it's my daily life yeah. Like there isn't a point in time where I think someone looks at me and they're like, oh, she's just so feminine. And so like, I don't get that. I don't get that privilege. Mm -hmm. So I have to compensate with my fashion, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate, but it has, I think, elevated my style because I think so much about it, but it's also not healthy because I do sometimes stress and I'm like, they're not gonna like what I'm wearing to work today <laughs> I'm just like or they're not like or people are gonna like look at me weird today or they're just gonna feel like I look frumpy and I'm like wearing the most like basic trousers and a cute blouse and I'm like ah but I look frumpy today so like I feel like I categorize myself as looking manly mm. but it's just because I'm a bigger woman and I'm black like I have no choice but to be strong I have no choice to be compared to and she's beautiful and she's feminine, but I get compared to Viola Davis, which like, don't tell me that because my, like, don't do that. Like as an actor, don't do that. Like my head gets big, but everyone's always like, oh, like you look like her. I look nothing like her. I look nothing like her. We're just both not like this. Like, it's, yeah. in, it's literally infuriating and I deal with it every single day. I think I'm fortunate enough to have roommates that are around my same size, so I never feel alone. Mm. But if I didn't have that, like I lived with a previous roommate who would comment often about my clothing and often about my size or like, oh, you're really gonna eat that laying down and things like that, comments that I don't think she knew affected me. Oh. But I was just like, if I eat this laying down because my feet hurt because I had knee surgery really doesn't like I don't really think it's gonna affect my weight but pop off yeah and also like um nobody asked you yeah. like thank you like, for that unsolicited advice that I didn't ask you for daily life unsolicited advice yeah. especially at our place of work yeah. well yeah with the people who are there I, I honestly wish we could get into it more um, because it it's the really, customers. it's not something that I experience, but I see it and it's really infuriating to me. And I'm really glad that you're talking about this because I really, I really think that this is a bigger conversation mm -hmm. and I think we need to keep having it. You know, it's like we, uh, there's so much in that's wrapped up in the fat phobia in our culture that is, it's so about othering mm -hmm. and it's so about like pointing out how somebody is different from you, which like when you're talking about personalities, that can be a really great thing because you're like, oh, well, this person is different from me in this way. And this is why we clash on this issue, or this is why we agree on this issue or, you know, whatever it's more nuanced than that, but you get the point. But it's like, we do that with appearance also. And it is so unnecessary because, and again, it's like shoving all women into this box of like, you your entire value is based in your appearance. And 
And I, you know, I do think that that does happen to an extent for men as well, but it is just not like it is with women. No, we get told, like, we pretty much get made to feel like we're half a woman, but continually be told that we're two sizes of it. Like, there is no reason why I just don't, like, I can't wrap my mind around it. Maybe it's just, like, I didn't really grow up with I don't know, I guess I grew up with it being normal and then it became not to be my size, which I think is people's other experience sometimes. So I'm just like, it's hard to wrap my own mind around it. So then it's hard for me to be positive about how I feel because everyone keeps telling me it's wrong. (laughs) Why are you telling me it's wrong? (laughs) I think there's also just a huge aspect of it also wrapped up in like misogyny because yes I've often been told like well you have such a womanly figure but it's being said in a negative way <laughs> it's like, so it's like oh you think women are are bad okay got it Copy. Like, or I'm just made for childbearing who the fuck said <laughs> like, not a chance now <laughs> childbearing hips me off. Who, who says I even want to go there? Also, I have I've been very can't, like open about how I don't want to have children. So I always joke, I'm like, I they're going to waste is like my response to that. <laughs> and or you can make a coin. <laughs> you right. Um, exactly. But like that's the thing is like I just I find comments about appearance to be so um there's another word I have for it I've been exactly othering it's just like you're pointing out that I look that people look different from each other but you're always making it in a way that's negative and to the societal norm which is not normal at all yeah well and you know I I think like again like I I want to point out that you know I don't I don't experience the same prejudices as somebody you know like a, somebody living in a, a larger body than me I don't experience that and I I am not viewed by the general public as a fat person and so I don't experience those mm-hmm. those prejudices but I think that there are these little tiny nuances in daily life when you're anything larger than like a size six really. And I hate to like put a number on it, but you know, this is kind of the truth and it's, we're talking about the truth. So I might as well get into it, but it's like, there's these little nuances and like little comments and and things that it's like, people just don't realize the effect that they have on women in the middle. And, and that is not to diminish at all the experiences of people in larger bodies, because listen, they have it worse and I know it, <laughs> but it's not to say that these comments don't affect us and they do. And I think that it's, it's important that we're talking about it because I think that people just don't even get it. Like they don't even realize, especially people living in smaller bodies, because it's not something that they experience, you know? Like the amount of times that we probably hear like, oh, but you're not even that big. Oh, but you're not even that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But like, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't get to be sad. You're right. Like, yeah. Um, and, and I do, and I, um, Lizzo rightfully so like posted this video in response to, um, like people talking about, um, like thin people commandeering the body positive movement, which I could not agree more with. I do think that there, there is a lost sight often in the movement but I do believe that it is for everyone. 
but, and I think that, and the issue is now that the movement was created for fat women and fat black women to be, um, to stop systemic prejudice on their bodies, the way they look in, in an umbrella way. Yeah. But unfortunately our society works so slow and if you can slowly normalize up the spectrum, I'm hoping that that will help expedite those who do have it worse. Yeah. Um, I, I just from speaking to people in general, I know that if I talk to someone, I'm like, well, like people will be like, well, I just, I feel fat. And I'll be like, why did you say that? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> just call them out. Why did you <laughs> get so defensive? They're like, oh, well, I don't mean it like that. It's like, well, you did. And now you're being called out and you know what you said was wrong. And so calling people out and like, if people can get comfortable with my body, I'm hoping that it won't be too much longer for people to be comfortable and understand that it's so normal to be bigger than me and look different from me. Yeah. And that's the end of that sentence. (laughs) Yeah. No, I completely agree. I just say. I don't know. Some someone's gonna have to get used to stomaching it, but I don't know how. I I do have a a, a question, Paula, and I and I apologize if this is anything you're not comfortable with. But is there a way that white allies can support you in in situations when those things happen? Just in a general way. Obviously, it can speak generally because whatever. But I want to make sure that people know that there's a way that they can be you can be supported in some way. Yeah, I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't know, because I don't think I've ever been in an instance where anyone's ever made me feel good afterwards, so I don't know what that is to make me feel better. I think understanding and, like, using the example of work and what happened to me, um, the manager that I spoke to afterwards was very kind in telling me, no, like, do you need to go sit? Do you like gave me options mm-hmm. of like, what is the best option for you in this moment right now? I don't think there's like this. I don't think there's one answer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's definitely going to be like by person, by their personality. I just wanted to be, make it not a big deal personally. Cause it just wasn't like, I didn't want to feel like I had a spotlight on me. And I also never want to be the voice for every person of color because we are all so different size, culture, all of it is so different. And it's so influenced by where you are, like who you've grown up around, all of that. So just give them options. And if they don't want to talk about it, don't make them. Yeah. Like if I don't want to explain every pinpoint of what happened that day, I'm not going to. So don't press me because you just want to know how to fix it. Because I think that's sometimes a thing like, no, but tell me what they did. So I know not to do it. I don't want to, that doesn't mean I want to unveil how I was feeling. And it shouldn't have to be your job. Yeah, for sure. Like it just should. And and I think that really what it comes down to, and again, like, I, I just want to emphasize how, how grateful I am that you shared that experience, Mm -hmm. because I know that that takes a lot to share that experience. And, but I, I also think that it's really, it's really amazing that a bunch of white people are going to hear that and have a conversation about it. Because I think that, that it's really our job to be having that conversation. And, you know, 
I think that I think that the more we talk about it, the hopefully the less it will happen. Yeah. Because I think that that's really what it comes down to is there just needs to be an overall shift in general. Um, I mean, obviously- or even like, it's like high hopes me like thinking the less it'll happen. I'll even take the more people will think that it does happen. Cause I think there's a lot of times where people are like, but how much are they like gassing it up? Like how much are like black women like, no, I am scared to be in hospitals by myself because I don't think they're going to take care of me. I've had an instance where I had to get 27 stitches in my foot and they let a student do that. And then I ended up with a problem with the third layer of stitches. Really not like, it's not, it's a daily thing that happens for black women. Black women of my size constantly told if my, like, my roommate gets constantly told that the reason why she has back spasms is because of her weight and they don't give her absolutely any solutions. Mm. She's had them since she was two though. So she's been to this doctor multiple times. There's no reason why, like there's just absolutely no reason why all of it should happen. So if people can at least remember that like, we're, we are dealing with a second layer yeah. on top of what someone else might be dealing with too but we're also not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I feel like it's, 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 a, it's hard to talk about stuff like this because there isn't an immediate solution. And I yeah. think that it's, sometimes it can be really frustrating because there isn't, you know, just there isn't, the one, there isn't a quick fix. Yeah. And frankly, there shouldn't be a quick fix. You know, this is a, it's a, it's a long winded issue that's been going on <laughs> yeah. pretty much since the beginning of this country. So, you know, it's like, we're, we're doing the work and, and that's all we can do. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, I mean, I, I'm, thank you so much yeah, <laughs> for, exactly. for sharing this because I, <laughs> I just think it's it's really important and you know I'm I'm glad that we were able to hold space for you to talk about it but I'm also really excited to hear about some of the conversations that are going to come out of this from white allies because I think mm-hmm. it's important but to end it on a positive note yes <laughs> um tell us three things that you love about your body I I love how much my body can handle on a daily basis, whether that's emotionally, physically. I think my body gets me through the entire day. I love the fact that it got me through a pandemic. Like this is the vessel that got me through a pandemic. If that's like my one thing. Second thing I love, I love that I can emote Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't think many other people can, especially people that I've encountered within my life. Mm -hmm. I have a way of I don't care about talking about things. I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book. And I think that's because I grew up in this body, this body alone. So I'm happy with her. And I like my hair. I know that's not necessarily my body. But like, I love my hair. Like, I like that my body and my hair give me personality that I didn't ask for. <laughs> that's about it. I love it. Well, we really like can't thank you enough for for doing this. I know that we just kind of sprung it on you. Um, but Sierra and I were like, you know, who I just want to know more about. about. Yes. <laughs> this is this is our excuse for us. Uh, yes. 
Um, but also, so thank you so much for, for speaking and um, joining us on our, our 12th episode. So on our journey. On our journey. <laughs> um, thank you to everyone who's listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share, follow, etc. And remember, all shades of gray are beautiful. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.